0: Searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch please.
1: Three, two, one. Connecting with
0: Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas and in startups from across Canada.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Mike from the Pitch Please podcast. Today, we're talking to Shannon Ferguson from Fansaves. Welcome to the podcast, Shannon. Um, I'd love to start by learning a little bit more about you, your role at Fansaves, and even the journey of how you got here. So maybe over to you.
0: Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on today. Um, Yeah. So I'm the co-founder and CEO at Fansaves. And um, we're what we're really doing, um, you know, is digitalizing sponsorship, which we'll get into a little bit more later. But um, my journey, I always say it was definitely not linear. Uh, growing up, I thought it would be I did all I took all the right steps, you know, graduated high school on time, graduated university on time, did a post grad, got into the corporate world. And then um, in about uh, 2014, my life kind of just flipped turned upside down. Um, and a whole bunch of circumstances, uh, you know, flew off the rail, I ended up back in my hometown in Cornwall, Ontario, and um, I started my first business, which was a marketing business. Um, And actually, that is what led me to meeting my co founder, Chris, who's also my life partner. And that's how we ended up uh, creating fan saves together in the summer of uh, 2017.
1: Wow. And so have you always been in the marketing space?
0: Yeah, so my degree is in communication studies, Um, I did a postgrad in broadcast journalism, really wanted to, you know, be a a TV host in sports and entertainment, but graduated um, during the recession. So uh, no one was hiring. um, And I ended up in marketing and uh, specifically sports marketing. So I worked for an online sports book. um, And that was really awesome. I learned so much in the corporate world. And then I ended up in working in Montreal, Calgary, Toronto, working in different uh, marketing and advertising agencies. So when I was forced to come home in 2015, after my mom passed away, um, I couldn't really find a job that, you know, piqued my interest the way that I I, like the way I I had been working before. So I just that's when I decided, let's start my own marketing and events business and kind of do it for myself.
1: That's super cool. So the business that you had before FanSaves was a marketing and events business. And so are you still doing that business? How long did you do that for? Maybe let's talk a little bit about that before we kind of do the rest of the show on FanSaves.
0: Yeah, I definitely do not do that anymore. Um I just don't have time in 2018 I actually I kind of sunset it, and you know, really decided to put my full focus into fan saves, um, which you know started growing really quickly. So, venturing out into you know into my own business uh, with with my first first business, um, it was almost like a no brainer. My mom was an entrepreneur, um, and it was kind of a way to also like you know listen to my gut and say, okay, you grew up around this, you can do this, um, and I just really set out, decided to, to work for myself. And then from there, uh, one of my clients was the new pro hockey team that had come to Cornwall in 2016. And, and they were one of my clients. Chris was a player. He played minor pro hockey for seven years. He broke his finger in a fight behind the net one night. I didn't even know him, uh, but to keep him as part of the team, they kept him, uh, they brought him to the front office. To do sales and marketing, so we met and you know we just meshed right away, and we ended up taking over all of the marketing, sales, sponsorship, everything like that. And it was a pain point that we ran into that summer uh, selling sponsorship that you know again led us to Fansaves, but definitely loved uh, my marketing business. But Fansaves is awesome because I still get to do a lot of that just on a bigger scale.
1: Yeah, it seems to to bring the two together. And so, just to clarify, um, you said Chris, and that's your your co-founder.
0: Yeah. So Chris is my co-founder, also my life partner. Um, Yeah, we we just do it all together, basically. Um, And now we have a team of eight at FanSaves. So it's it's really awesome to have grown from you know just uh, actually just a couple starting a business to a full fledged company.
1: That that's amazing, and you bring both experiences from marketing and a love for sports and a and a deep knowledge of playing in the sports space so um what uh what would you say you love most about what you're doing now obviously i've had an interesting journey to getting where you are now with fan saves your passion's already jumping through and we've barely even scratched the surface on talking about fan saves but what do you love most about what you're doing now
0: yeah, I think there's so many different aspects of what I love doing, um, of what I do that I love. Um, you know, going back to even when I was younger, I grew up playing competitive hockey. So I'm a super competitive person. I played a whole bunch of sports, but hockey was my main thing. And I often compare, you know, startup world to to sports and to, you know, having to have that tenacity, that resilience, you know, overcoming adversity. And I think being a startup founder and what I love most about fan saves and what I get to do is like constantly solving problems. And at the time I, I I wouldn't tell you that I love it when I'm going through it. But when you get to the other side and you've overcome that problem and it, it works out, um, it's really fulfilling. And it's like, okay, I, you know, figured that out. I overcame that problem. And I feel like, you know, a lot of startup founders don't talk about it enough. But you, you're constantly putting out fires. Like you are constantly problem solving, figuring it out, some new things are coming across your desk. And you're like, okay, I'm just gonna have to make a decision. I can't be indecisive on this. So that's one thing I really love. And the other part is just getting to be creative. You know, we talk a lot about how we just envisioned fan saves, we took it took something that did not exist, had an idea, and made it a reality. And I love that we get to constantly, you know, just improve on what we have, grow what we what we've, originally thought of. And, and, you know, just to see that come to life has been has been really awesome.
1: That's super cool. And so I think you've touched on it a little bit. But what what motivates you to work hard?
0: Well, um, definitely. So uh, one of my big motivations is just having a life that I can be really proud of. You know, I talked about my mom earlier, and her passing away, really changed my outlook on life, it really showed me that like life is short. And if you're not doing something, that, something that you love to do, like, are you really living the best life that you can? So for me, I'm always motivated to work hard, because I love working for myself. I love the freedom it affords me. I love the, you know, the people I get to meet the things I get to do. Um, that Part of entrepreneurship is really motivating to me. Um, you know, sometimes I think, oh my goodness, I, I don't know if I'd ever be able to work for someone else again. I mean, I, I could if I had to, but it's just so fun um, having to, you know, just to answer to yourself. And I think being a startup founder, you have to be really motivated. And like self-motivate it because no one else is there to motivate you. Chris and I say we're really lucky because we have each other. Um, But at the end of the day, you have to make that decision to wake up every day and work really hard. So self-motivation is like a key to to success.
1: And and so you've been a two-time entrepreneur uh, so far, it sounds like. And when you got started in your first venture, was there either as you were younger or getting into that first venture, or even now, someone who inspired you to become an entrepreneur or inspired you to think about entrepreneurship?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've mentioned her a few times, but definitely my mom, like I grew up, uh, you know, in her office, uh, writing on a typewriter, She's done like a computer with MS DOS, I know I'm dating myself. But I grew up like, you know, filing, uh, you know, alphabetizing her filing cabinets and filing different things, and just really learned the basics of what goes into business. Because a lot of people see business, and they see the success and they see, oh, this is like the highlight reel. And they don't see that oftentimes, uh, the, the foundation of a good business is, you know, being organized and having things like I love color coding things, I love organizing things. Um, and my mom was just such an essential part of Of that growing up. And I really learned that, you know, what hard work can can get you and the the great people that she met and that she knew. And um, for me, I actually, I was actually quoted in an article that like, RBC did on her when I was like 13. And I was like, I will never be an entrepreneur. (laughs) And it's really funny, because back then I equated entrepreneurship with My mom owned a business in international freight forwarding forwarding and customs. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. And that's what I kind of equated it it with. But I think it's really funny looking back at that article and being like, okay, no, it's kind of like destined. It, It would be kind of weird if I didn't end up in this space.
1: It's so cool. You were learning the skills along the way and you never fully realized at that time that it would lead you here and that those skills would help you through not one, but two and maybe many more, um, ventures in, in the entire kind of space, um, of entrepreneurship, businesses, startups, um, or maybe even bigger, is there a company that you look up to? And if so, why?
0: Yeah. So, well, Fan saves in particular, you know, what we're doing and, and just, just to, to touch on that, um, being a digital coupon book, that's basically what we're doing. We've reinvented. Everyone remembers paper coupon books. They get stuck under your seat uh, in, in the car and you never use them or ticket stubs. The back of that ticket stubs used to have coupon or discounts on it. No ticket stubs exist anymore with everything going digital. Really what we've done is digitalized sponsorship. To help engage fans with team sponsors, not just sports teams. That's where we're hyper focused, but we also work with different verticals, any organization or event that really relies on sponsorship. So, um, a company that I really look up to actually doesn't really exist in the same way anymore, but it's called SnapSaves. It was um, founded by Michelle Romano, who you might recognize from Dragons Den. She's now the founder of ClearBank, um, and for me, seeing what SnapSaves did and how they grew so fast, and they ended up getting acquired by Groupon, um, it's just really inspiring to me. And Michelle Romano is such a rock star. So for me, that's someone I look up to. I think that, um, you know, Fansaves has that kind of trajectory in its in its path. So we're really hopeful that, that we're going to get to that level as well. And uh, that's definitely a company that that we often refer to a lot in, in our pitches and, and just daily when we talk about things.
1: That's cool. It's Saves and Michelle Romanoff. So I def- definitely see why. Um, and I, I know you started going into it, but I, I want to make sure that we stay true to the format of the show. So I'm going to almost make you repeat it, but it's going to have to be your best version. <laughs> um, it, it's time to give us your best pitch, please, Shannon.
0: For sure. Um, so yeah, back in 2017, when Chris and I we were uh, managing the the marketing and sales and sponsorship of two minor professional hockey teams, um, when we were going out to sell sponsorship, businesses kept telling us that they wanted more than a, a rink board or a scoreboard ad. They really wanted something that was digital. They wanted something that would track return on investment, track customer analytics. And especially they wanted something that would actually drive fans into their store. And we didn't have anything like that. We knew what the traditional inventory we had wasn't really created to do that. Um, so we had the late ball moment to create Fan Saves, uh, which is a digital platform that offers fans discounts and deals from the sponsors and partners of their favorite teams, organizations, and events. And um, yeah, every time a deal is redeemed, It's tracked in a back-end dashboard that both the sponsor and the organization have access to. So they can actually see um, who's walking through their doors. They can see really important information and analytics um, that traditional sponsorship and advertising doesn't often provide.
1: That's cool. And so who generally is your consumer or who uses this? And it sounds like it's a a double sided marketplace type solution, um, but maybe expand upon who you think is uh, or who, who you see as your primary customer and your secondary and a little bit about where and how they get value out of that.
0: For sure. So we're we're B2B SaaS, but we are also considered B2B to C and almost like B2B to b to c if that's not too confusing. Um, but Brian, a lot letters. <laughs> um, But yeah, for us, our customer is actually the organization. So they pay us an an annual licensing fee and then they add fan saves into their sponsorship packages. So they're selling fan saves alongside those traditional sponsorship options. So that is the customer. The sponsor is the customer of our customer. So they're offering a deal as part of their sponsorship. So they offer a deal on that team or organization's page. And then the consumer is the fan, is the user. So the consumer can go on, they can follow you know, the team that they love the most, they can follow as many as they want, um, and then they can get discounts and deals just for being a fan.
1: That's cool. So just to sort of make sure that I'm understanding this right, you actually have the teams as an organization, as your customers they actually embed as a value-added service what FanSaves does to the people that sponsor or paid sponsorships into those teams. And so that your B2B SaaS, exactly. And then for the customer side, do you have to do a lot of work going out and finding those customers or does that naturally come because your customer, the teams themselves naturally have fans? Like how how does that dynamic work?
0: Yeah, that's actually one of our value props. That's one of um, the reasons why we are growing so fast is because once we work with a team, and I'll use, I'll just use the word team to simplify, knowing that there's different organizations we do work with, but hyper focused on sports. So once we work with a team, we actually then have access to their embedded fan base, they have fan bases. And part of um, our partnership is that the team actually markets fan saves for us. So they're putting fan save scoreboard ads up. Sometimes we get rink boards, wall signs. They're embedding it into their website um, to drive fans to their their own assets, which they can do. So for us, it's, it's a really unique value prop for fan saves because these teams already have engaged fans and the the users just come along with that to fan saves. So we also do our own marketing. Of course, we help the teams. We do. We, you know, teams know that we're an extension of their team, basically. Um, but for us, that's the really cool thing about fan saves is that we're able to tap into that network that the team already has.
1: That makes so much sense. And it helps streamline sort of the sales process for you uh, and customer acquisition process, because so many times, juggling the double sided marketplace is such a challenge. But in your scenario, the singular people that you sell to oftentimes help with the amplification alongside the work you're doing. Now, you mentioned um, Teams, and I keep saying Teams, but you did reference two seconds ago um, that there's other types of companies that would use fan saves. Can you talk to us a little bit about the spectrum and maybe even the mix of people that are using it today?
0: For sure. Yeah. So we have definitely tested um, and had some success and had a lot of success in different verticals. So one of the verticals is Chambers of Commerce, which at first we never really had our eye on. But what we do with Chambers is we digitalize their member to member discount programs. Um, so that's actually one of our big verticals. The other verticals um, include universities and colleges. So university athletics, but also alumni um, organizations. We also work with different events. Uh, sometimes fundraisers, and um, we even have some influencers, media. Um, if you think of one of the, the, you know, one of our big goals is really getting into bigger media and, and TV shows. We've been in talks with a few. Um, when you watch a show like Big Brother, for example, and you see, um, you know, you see all their advertisers within the show, but it's not really pushing you to go out and, you know, get buy Wendy's frosty. <laughs> but even though you're seeing it, you know subliminally uh, when you're watching the show. So, FanSaves is a really great match for media companies like that too. Um, yeah. So basically, we just say anyone everyone is a fan of something and anyone can save money just for being a fan.
1: That's cool. So what? there's obviously the savings component. There's the ease of access component. There's a couple of things that you guys are, are doing to, to really light this up. But what would you say is the core of the problem that you're solving? The initial problem that you sort of mentioned earlier that um, motivated you and Chris to say, we need to go create some change here. What, what was that problem? Um, that you're solving, and a little bit about the specific sauce around how you're solving it. Uh, which I know we've talked about parts of that, but just to get really specific,
0: yeah. The problem we're solving is um, for sports teams. We're helping them generate more sponsorship revenue. At the end of the day, that is the problem that we're solving. We're making it. We're giving these teams an asset that is easier to sell. That has an unlimited num- uh, unli- unlimited amount of inventory that they can offer um, to local businesses. So that's the big problem. The other problem we're solving is, again, going back to that data, a paper coupon does not give a business or a team any type of data that that is that is king these days. And if they're missing out on that, then they're not really truly understanding not only their customer, but they're not understanding what their sponsorship is getting them. So that ROI as well. Uh, That's the second, uh, second issue that we're solving. The third is 90% of sports fans can't name more than five of their favorite team's sponsors. When you go to a sporting event or watch one on TV, when it's over, you remember who won, who lost, how much beer you drank, how much fun you had. You don't remember who was plastered along the boards, who was on the scoreboard. You just typically do not remember that. So for us, FanSaves is a really great way for fans to not only know who these sponsors are, after the game, in the off season, on a regular Monday afternoon, not only just know who they are, but also support them through incentivizing them with a deal.
1: It makes a lot of sense. So instead of, um, it, you're really creating a, a value added addition for their sponsorship packages that allows the people that are sponsoring them to have time beyond the game time that they interact with that organization's fans um, or followers, and so. Um, At the core of all that, though, is there's a time and visibility, but you're also bringing the data component to it, which is so critical to actually get insights of our people interacting with the sponsors in the way that they had hoped. And then they can use those insights to hopefully sell more sponsorships. So um, super, super, super cool. In this space, um, actually, maybe even before doing that actual technical components of this? How how does it work? And maybe talk through it first in terms of uh, me as... Let's start at the team or, or a company maybe and just pick a real team as an example. We'll talk through it. Uh, how does it start for them? What does their onboarding process look like? And then we can flip to the other persona being a fan of that team.
0: Yeah. So um, our onboarding process, uh, we've made it extremely um, easy and simple for teams because again, like we've been in their shoes. We know that they, they are pulled in 17 different ways all the time and they need it as easy as possible. So they typically, they just sell sponsorship how they would normally. They just include fan saves into those sponsorship packages and then simply send a link to the sponsor. Once they, you know, have signed, have signed them up and they want to be on fan saves. So really um, the, what, a normal person experiences when they, you know, use fan saves is, um, again, and in keeping with simplicity, um, you can really think of it like Instagram meets Groupon. So you sign up for your free account, it's always free, um, you sign up for your account, and then you follow your favorite team. So you're not uh, forced to just follow one, you can follow as many organizations as you like, one of the really great things about fan saves that we're doing is creating this network. So, you know, if I'm a fan of one team in the city I live in, but I'm traveling to a game to watch them play against a team three hours away, I'm not going to know what restaurant I should go to, what hotel I should stay at, what things there are to do in that city. I can then follow that team, my favorite team's competitor, and get those deals um, along the way as well. So, really, you're signing up, you're following the teams that you like, just how you follow pages on Instagram. But instead of just seeing pictures, you're seeing discounts and deals again from that team, specifically their sponsors. And then to redeem a deal, you literally click on it. So we have two types of deals in store and online. If you're in the store, you press redeem, you turn your phone, you show the cashier or the server, they apply your discount at the point of purchase. And then if it's an online deal, um, you press redeem from wherever you are, you get a code, you put that in your cart and at checkout, and you're good to go.
1: And so I guess the other advantage here is in almost all scenarios or many scenarios, it actually gets the sponsors to come to the table with more than the sponsorship funds, both a compelling offer to help drive people back to them. And so that's one piece. And then the other thing that that became so clear as you were talking through it is, um, I, I don't know about others, but personally, I hate single use apps. So I hate examples of, you know, every... Maybe it's a a small restaurant building an app for their one location, because then you have like 5,000 apps on your phone. It gets like super cluttering. And so one of the benefits of fan saves is actually if you are a fan or a follower of so many different things, you can consolidate that into one place. And The reality is most people have more than one sports team they follow, more than one thing they're a fan of. And so you can aggregate it and you really are the fan platform. Um, that accesses left to right.
0: I love that you brought that up because, you know, when we first started FanSaves, um, a lot of, you know, early people would say, well, you need to white label this. But our whole point of FanSaves is that we, we do embed. We embed into team websites and team, team apps, but we specifically, specifically don't white label because of that network effect. I always say I'm a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And I don't live in Toronto. So if I was going to be going to like Montreal, for example, uh, I don't necessarily want to download their team's app and have that on my phone. But if I can go on fan saves and follow that team, then it, it makes it a lot easier. And we say that as well. A lot of times these teams, especially at the professional level, are trying to digitalize their sponsorship. But they're forcing their fans to download all types of different apps um, to get those deals instead of just like for just bringing them to one place and having all those deals in one in one spot. So for us, um, that's the 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 allure of fan saves is that everything is there at your fingertips. We're really you know our goal is to eliminate paper coupons in in professional sports, and you know again a lot of these teams are like okay there's a hat trick that happened. Now go get your free burger from this place, download the app, sign in, do this, do that. It's like, okay, we do that all in one place. <laughs> so I love that you brought that up.
1: Yeah, the streamlining and just it's even to that point, especially in, in Toronto, there's a lot of sports teams, which is, which is great. But there's many people that are living in burlington hamilton maybe a hamilton tiger cats fan but love the blue jays you know the maple Leafs and the raptors and so that's like even if those are the only four things you are fans of in life you don't want to really download four applications um to interact with all of their related sponsors and so um totally makes sense in this space though um there has to be competitors. There's, can you talk to me about like the competitive landscape that you, you look at, or maybe alternatives that you think about in this space when you guys go to market?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, in the past five years, um, you know, it, it was so crazy. We celebrated five, five years in the summer and we were like, how did that Wow! Happen? Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we've definitely come across competitors. Um, and it's kind of funny, we've seen some competitors come and some competitors go, uh, go away, which is nice. <laughs> but the cool thing about fan saves is there are definitely couponing platforms out there. There's a dime a dozen for couponing platforms. And they're, they would be considered um, a competitor, of course. But and then, of course, there are, you know, traditional sponsorship options, but the really unique thing. Thing about fan saves is we're the first ones kind of bringing them together there are a couple of other um competitors in the sense again they might work with more like chambers of commerce that are offering deals for that chamber um but again to to be doing what we are doing in the way that we're doing it so far and fingers crossed uh, we are we're the only ones that have that we have come across that are doing it in this way but again there's Groupon let's say is would be our biggest competitor. Groupon is out there, Groupon is huge, Groupon is everywhere. Uh but we have that advantage where Groupon is just spraying deals from local businesses and businesses everywhere. We are very we we were niche in the sense that you have to be um a fan of, of something to get these deals.
1: Yeah. And, and it keeps the data in play and in the brand, it, it, it puts a bit of power back into the teams that are getting these sponsorships and selling these sponsorships. Um, and, uh, inversely, while they're bringing more value to their sponsors, they're also bringing more value to their fans,
0: mm-hmm. um, exactly. indirectly,
1: which is, which is super cool. Uh, your journey you said 5 5 years what's been sort of one of your most memorable stories over the last 5 years on your journey and congrats again on on 5 years that's that's an amazing milestone um as a successful startup
0: oh thank you so much um oh my goodness so many memories um something that we always say is like we 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 always try to say yes we always try to show up we always do show up especially in the early years we were everywhere like you couldn't at a startup event that we weren't at, like we pitched on so many different stages. um, And, you know, I think that pitching in general, um, is one of my like favorites, uh, favorite memories and favorite things that I've gotten to do. And I won this pitch competition in 2019. It was called get in the ring. And it was the most unique pitch competition, because you only had 30 seconds to answer. And there was like five different questions. And you would go head to head in like a boxing ring with another startup founder. So you'd only have 30 seconds to explain your answer to that question, you had to be really precise. So that was so exciting. And we ended up winning. And we won a trip to Berlin, Germany, where we pitched on like the global stage and got to meet so many cool global or yeah global entrepreneurs. So um, pitching in general has been really fun. Um, I've learned so much and come such a long way. Um, but that that pitch in particular stands out in my mind.
1: It's almost like you were destined to be on this podcast with your passion and love for <laughs> pitching.
0: I know. And when, when I when we connected, I was like, OK, I'm here for it. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. And so that pitching and all those, you know, experiences, the travel, the connecting with people was definitely one of your most memorable. Um, But in five years, I can't imagine that it's all been an easy journey. And so what would you say has been the hardest part of your journey to where you are today?
0: Yeah, I always, you know, whenever I, I talk, I do talks or I'm on podcasts, I always like to remind people like it's, more hard days than highlights. You know, it's really, 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 really hard. Um, a, a big thing that we had to overcome, Chris and I are non-technical co-founders. So I can design a website. I did that no problem. But to actually code an app, code a web app, we didn't have any experience doing that. So as non-technical co-founders, we had to put our trust in certain people in the beginning. And it turned out that it didn't it it wasn't always we didn't always make the right decisions because we didn't know what we were looking for. And, you know, our first whole year in 2018, we had a product, but it wasn't really sellable. It wasn't really up to the standards we needed it. Um, and then, you know, we had to go through four different developers to finally get the one we have now who's wonderful, um who's been with us for three years. And I, that in itself has been such a challenge, because we often said, the business grew so fast, we were running, but our product was always crawling and, you know, getting to a walk. So for us, we've had to learn how to be really patient. Um, I now do all the project management for the developments. I've learned so much. I just I was just saying the other day how like, I'm still not the one coding it. But I don't feel like a non technical co founder anymore, because I've learned so, so much. And the only way to really learn is, is to fail forward and to make those mistakes. Um, so yeah, that's been really hard, but in the end, it's it's taught us a lot.
1: That's, that's a super important piece, um, to, to make sure that people reflect on is there's, there's the, the good days and the bad days. And, um, I think oftentimes there's a lot of examples or articles or podcasts that touch on it, like super lightly of like, Oh yeah, fail fast, fail forward. But They'll also talk about all the success stories and the reality is there's a lot of startups that, that don't make it, um, that do have more bad days than good days. And you do have to have grit as a, as a startup founder. Um, now you've obviously launched, you just, you've hit your five year mark, um, I'm assuming people are using it, the co-founder piece around not having a technical co-founder is your challenge, but it sounds like you've you've pushed through there. Um, how many people are using it? Who's using it? What, what sort of stage would you say you're at today? And then um, maybe just so I don't have to jump back in, in that it would be super cool to understand what the next six months has in store for fansaves.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we're really at that inflection point of starting to scale. Uh, We're working with uh, 65 different organizations across North America. We have four major league teams, including the Ottawa Senators and the NHL. Um, And we have close to 900 different businesses offering um, more than 1,200 different deals, again, across North America. So for us, those numbers are really exciting. We're seeing our redemption, uh, redemptions increase daily. Um, We have amazing users that keep returning. And yeah, for us, you know, getting last year, our goal was to get four major league teams on and we hit it on December 21st, or the last day, December 23rd, I think the last day before our office is closed for Christmas. At five o'clock, we got the last contract back for our fourth major league team. And we were like, that is the definition of never giving up. Like, you we literally slid into home base, uh, you know, right at that last moment. So for us, um, you know, having having so many great partners, we're also league partners of the American Hockey League, the East Coast Hockey League, the ECHL and the USHL, the United States Hockey League. Um, So having league partnerships with them has been amazing. Um, You know, having so many different teams growing 2022, we really believe was our breakthrough year. Um, And 2023 is this year where we just, um, we know that the hockey stick, that inflection point is happening, and that growth is taking off. So um, this year, we have um, a big uh announcement coming up in February uh, about a, a certain accelerator that we got accepted into, which is really great. Uh, so that'll that'll really um help us with so many great uh introductions in the sports industry. We're also raising investment. We have raised um some, we have raised a bunch to date, but we're raising uh even more. So that's that's also a big um, learning curve as well <laughs> over the past three years. Um, and yeah, we've like, we're, we've grown our team. We're a team of eight um, and it's just, it's, we've, even with development, we've just launched our brand new dashboard, which was about eight months in the making. Uh, so lots and lots of great stuff happening at Fansaves and 2023, like just keep an eye on us. Cause I think uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of great news coming out of this year
1: sounds like it's going to be a killer year. Um, and, and you're definitely gonna have to beat four major league sports teams (laughs) as your last year's target. Even it means, you know, boiling it down right to the, right to the finish line. Um, (laughs) I love the, the hockey stick pun. I don't know if it was intended or not, but good luck on, on the hockey stick year. (laughs) Um, a quick question that like came to mind as you were talking about that. So it's available, North America, is there like a split of Canada versus U.S. of where you're seeing more traction with FanSaves today?
0: Yeah. So obviously being a Canadian company, you know, we did our initial market research, validation, everything here in Canada. Uh, but one of our the teams we worked for was actually in Watertown, New York. So right away we had a team in the U.S. Um, and what we really found in 2022 is our growth uh, was much bigger in, in the U.S. Um Canada's obviously wonderful it's it's our home, but we do find in the states um the fans seem to get it in a different way um when we look at our numbers uh the teams are just more eager to get on they they're less let's say conservative um and they really just hop on they they have a great grasp on it they have a their fans have a handle on it the sponsors understand it so for us, there has been this shift that happened last year where the US is really our dominant market at this point. Um, Canada's obviously our home always will be. Um, and, you know, we do still have some amazing Canadian uh, teams on that are doing a fantastic job. Uh, but when you look at the, the split of our customers in general, uh, we are growing quicker in the US.
1: I'm sure you love all of your teams. But if there was <laughs> one or two teams that you could get on board with fan saves this year, who's on the top of your list?
0: Oh, so like any team in general, like any Any
1: team (laughs) team. you have to have a, Hey, it would be so amazing to bring this team on board with fan saves. I'd love to know it. Maybe someone will listen. Maybe someone has a connection there. You never know. Right.
0: (laughs) So we do actually have a connection um, with this team, but I am a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. So yeah, playoffs. <laughs> so that's definitely. I'm big on manifesting. I'm big on envisioning uh, things, and that for for me, that's kind of my bucket list item for fan saves. And the really cool thing is, Chris is a diehard Ottawa Senators fan, and we got them this year. Um, so you know, I'm hoping that that you know the 2023.
1: 90- that's <laughs> your yeah, that's exactly. your year
0: the Niners, if you're listening, we want to work with you. So that's my, um, you know, my dream client would be the Niners. Um definitely a huge, huge fan. If, if we could also win the Super Bowl this year, that would be wonderful. Stop getting to the Super Bowl and losing, you know, if someone's listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe you can get both of those things this year. There's a shot at it. I, I think um... so. <laughs> It, you might you might get two wishes in the same year in 2023, which would, which would be super cool. Um, one thing that's super fun that we kind of do to close out every show, which I don't tell people in advance because it makes it way more funny. Um, <laughs> you feel free to take a drink of water, whatever you need. But we try to see how many times people can say Pitch Please Podcast fast in a row. And eventually I'll come back with a prize, but for now, it's just really fun. I'm not going to tell you what the highest number is. You're going to have to listen to the other podcasts to find out if you're at the top or the bottom of the stack, but let me know when you're ready and then just dive in and I'll keep count.
0: Okay, perfect. Do I get one, one, I just have to go. I don't get a practice.
1: Just, just, okay. just one, just one. You know what? We've never done the practice, but no, I need, no, no we're not going to do the practice. Dive, dive right in. It's a one-time shot. Okay.
0: Pitch, please. <laughs> wait, wait, wait what, what, what am I saying? Pitch, please. Podcast. P-
1: pitch please podcast okay. pitch please podcast it's, it's tough when you try to say it really fast
0: okay pitch please podcast 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 pitch please <laughs> podcast. seven
1: that's six you got you got six. Oh, six i don't i don't know six might be at the top <laughs> or it might be the bottom you're gonna have to find out soon um shannon thank you so much for joining us today um i Thank you, everyone who tuned in. I, I learned a ton today about fan saves. Super cool. Um, if you can, uh, we'll make sure that we put all of the different areas people can go to join or find out more themselves in the show notes. But where would you love to direct people to if they have more questions? And um, what's, what sort of next steps?
0: For sure. Yeah. People can check out fansaves.com. Um, that's our, our website, all the deals and everything are on there. If you also are into apps, you can download it on the Google play store or the app store on everywhere you, you find, uh, apps and and websites, you can find us. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, check us out on LinkedIn. If you want to follow me personally on LinkedIn would love that as well. Um, and yeah, we're, we're on all the social media platforms. So uh, check us out, connect with us. If you're a startup founder and you'd like to, to chat, um, I'm always open to that as well. I know that it's a, a tough world we're in. And uh, if I can ever help or be of service, I'm always here.
1: That's amazing. Even a mentorship offer. I love it. Uh, Shannon, thanks again for joining today. Um, everybody else, catch you on the next episode of the Pitch Please podcast. Signing out.
0: You've been listening to the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. (laughs) Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform.